I'm Emily Huddleston with CLEMIS, the Climate Assessment for the Southwest, here at the University of Arizona. We're introducing a new podcast series that focuses on quick and timely reporting on important climate news and information. We will emphasize stories that relate to the Southwest, but will also include other climate-related news that illustrates the impact of climate on national or global scales. Mike, Zach, and Ben will still take a deeper look at Southwestern climate issues in the monthly Southwest Climate Podcast. This episode, we're focusing on record warm temperatures, drought, and the snowpack across the West. Twenty fourteen was the warmest year on record. This pattern was repeated in the Southwest, where Arizona, California, and Nevada all had record warm average temperatures in twenty fourteen while New Mexico, Utah, Idaho, Washington, and Oregon were all in the top five of warmest years on record. 2015 is continuing this trend, where the January through March 2015 saw record warm average temperatures for seven states, Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah, Wyoming, Washington, and Oregon, while Montana, Idaho, Colorado, and New Mexico were all in the top 10 warmest years on record. Besides concerns about a gradually warming climate, these record warm temperatures with below average water year precipitation across much of the West have resulted in far below average snowpack levels, which is cause for concern regarding drought and water shortage looking into 2015. The current drought is ongoing and long-term. It's especially severe in California, but is still affecting much of the West and portions of the Midwest. The drought in Arizona is leading AZ to think about water planning. Arizonans should not expect the same drastic steps that were taken in California in early April to preserve water. Arizona and California don't get water from the same supply, and much of California's problems stem from the lack of snow in Northern California along with increasing demand from both agriculture and municipal users. Both states do get water from the Colorado River, but as of yet, neither has seen mandatory reductions, although water managers are closely monitoring Lake Mead, with projections it might drop to 1075 within the next few years. This would trigger mandatory reductions in some allocations. Arizona water leaders are concerned about the drought, but they have been planning for possible shortages for decades. Drought and warmer temperatures aren't the only things that come with climate change. These changes also alter ecosystem dynamics as plants and animals respond to climate stressors. Bark beetles are tiny winged beetles that have been attacking North American forests for a long time. But lately, these beetles have gone into overtime and are attacking trees that are stressed by climate change. Trees that were born in the mini ice ages in the 1800s are stressed by warming trends and the beetles are exploiting the reduced defenses associated with this stress. They are sometimes felling as many as 100,000 trees a day. Other genetic subpopulations that are more adopted to warmer temperatures are more resilient, and the beetles don't hit them as hard, or not at all. 
Because of droughts and shorter winters, these trees are more stressed and fewer beetles are killed off in the winter freezes. And bark beetles have killed billions of trees in what will probably be the largest forest insect outbreak ever, 10 times the size of any past outbreak. As climate change continues to warm the forests in North America, these bugs are expected to continue to thrive. This means more beetles in the future, preying on bigger chunks of forested areas across the country. Record low snowpack plus the drought have led to California enacting restrictions on water. A statewide snow survey found that the water content of California snowpack was only 5% of the April 1st average. This is by far the lowest reading for that date. The previous record's lowest snowpack for April 1st was 25% of the average records dating back to 1950. This survey on the Sierra snowpack at the Phillips Station was performed on grass for the first time ever. About one-third of California's drinking water comes from the Sierra snowpack. So on April 1st, California Governor Jerry Brown announced mandatory statewide water restrictions for the first time in state history. One way to understand the snow deficit is to look at Tahoe City, California. From October 1st, 2014 through March 31st, 2015, only 19.5 inches of snow had fallen. That is 143 inches below the average almost 12 feet less of snow. An airborne snow survey was conducted by NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory over the Tulume River Basin on March 25th, and the snowpack water content is 34 billion gallons less than last spring. California has had a wetter April, but as is the case with the drought across all of the western United States, to make a dent in a multi-year drought, it requires multiple years of above-average precipitation. The California drought is also having an impact on energy. From an article by the U.S. Energy Information Administration, these dry conditions are limiting hydropower generation and requiring generation from other sources to make up for this shortfall. 20% of California's generation came from hydropower during the first six months of each year, from 2004 to 2013. However, during the first half of 2014, only 10% of California's generations came from hydropower. California is turning to natural gas to make up for the loss in generation. When a month's hydropower generation dips under 10-year average levels, monthly natural gas generation often rises above its average. Wind and solar are also helping in this fight. Wind generation surpassed hydro generation in California for the first time in February and March of 2014. Warmer temperatures combined with a very wet fall have resulted in a very heavy pollen season this year. Pollen grains are used by plants for fertilization and reproduction. But for humans, pollen isn't so nice. It can cause respiratory problems like hay fever and asthma. These allergic triggers come from the pollen made by trees, weeds, and grass. As temperatures rise and we experience changes in precipitation, the growth and distribution of pollen is being affected worldwide. According to the National Climate Assessment and other recent publications, warmer air temperatures and more frost-free days have advanced the start time of pollen production. This is leading to an earlier and longer pollen season. Also, because the levels of CO2 have increased, 
This has enhanced photosynthesis, making pollen-producing plants bigger. Bigger plants, more pollen, more allergies. In 2001, 7.3% of the U.S. suffered from asthma. In 2010, their number rose to 8.4%. The scientific community believes climate change could be contributing to this change. For more details about the podcast, check out the Klimas blog.